0: Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile!
1: Hey, folks, welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. This is episode 298 as we creep ever so close to the magic 300. And uh, no, we still don't have a plan for it. Um, this episode is going to focus on the Amazon Prime show, The Boys. And this is our fourth episode that we have talked about the boys. And I'll say right now, the previous reviews sucked. Uh, Episode 152 was season one. Uh, Episode 204 was season two. Now, a great episode that I can recommend is 277, which was only a few months ago uh, when Giancarlo Volpe, the showrunner for the boys Diabolical, that's the animated series that took place between seasons two and three, the uh, Giancarlo's been on the podcast before. He was great. That's a great episode, and I hope this one is as well. The problem with reviewing the boys is the show is so stinking good, I don't know what to say about it. That's the problem with this show. It's not like a, a Marvel thing. I can, I can, I can, you know, rip Spider Man No Way Home to shreds. Doesn't mean I didn't like it. This is hard. You watch the show, and your jaw drops. And it is uh, great. So I had to reach outside the box. And this is fascinating to me. Uh, I met this gentleman because of a sports podcast that I do called Sports with Friends. And he is a college football writer for The Athletic. And I had heard him on an interview talk about streaming services. But he talked about streaming services like he knew streaming services. So I played on that on the Sports with Friends podcast podcast then I found out he is as much of a superhero guy as there is. He probably doesn't get to do this on his regular show. He probably has to talk sports all the time. And you know what? I know that feeling very, very well. Let's welcome Andy Staples to the podcast. This is fascinating. I, 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 we've talked before, but it was always about super conferences and the SEC and all that stuff. We don't have to do any of that today.
0: It's amazing because on my own podcast, I got a co-host who refuses to watch anything that isn't grounded in reality. Oh, so God. I, I want to talk about Star Wars and Transformers right. and, and the DC universe and the Marvel universe and the MCU. And he has no concept of this. Doesn't even understand why they make movies about these things. Right. And it drives me nuts so uh, i i really appreciate the outlet because first of all i was i didn't i was not sold on the boy's season 2 i loved season 1 mm-hmm. felt like season 2 was a little bit lacking from a story standpoint and then they came roaring back in season oh, 3 i thought that. it was a a very well constructed season and great narrative and uh, i just the, the the character work and and what you learn about these people as, as you went along, I, I thought they really built that universe out well. And I'm, I, as a, as a writer, I'm a fan of universe building. Uh, so I love, like, I'm, I'm amazed at at a two and a half hour movie that can plunge you into a new universe mm-hmm. or a, a book series. Like, you know, the, the first Harry Potter book or the first game, uh, first game of Thrones, well, game of Thrones, first song of ice and fire book, like that plunge you into that universe and you realize, oh my God, this person has built planets and worlds right. and, and and all of this stuff. And I think the, the world of the boys is just this incredible funhouse mirror of our society. It's 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 great. And I'm assuming the elevator pitch of the boys, I don't know this. I I, I probably should have read up on this, but I'm assuming it's the same question that a lot of us asked who are comic book fans and, and superhero movie fans and and what happens after all that crap gets damaged in the big right. fight with the supervillain or the aliens like what well, happens to all right, the civilians Batman v.
1: Superman talked about that you remember exactly you remember, yes
0: they talk about Man of Steel you're,
1: you're absolutely right here here's my take on the boys and I've said this in the previous reviews what what fascinates me is the creation of the comic book Because the comic book, I didn't read the comic book. No, I didn't either. First to say, I didn't read the comic book, but I did read, I have read Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson. And put yourself in one of their shoes. They are writing for DC and Marvel. And what they want to do is they have this concept of a story and they know whether they asked or not, they know Marvel would never sign off on that. They would never sign off on, you know, D.C. would never let Garth Ennis, Garth Ennis and Derek Robertson take the Justice League and have Aquaman rape one of them.
0: You know right. what I'm saying? Like or, you could, or, do, or do that to an octopus. And by the way, I've been to some Italian restaurants to serve octopus since I've seen season three. I can't go. It, it, it got real weird. <laughs>
1: you, you But you see what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. And and then there's this, this storyline that has gone on. And, and the reference that I'll make and, and listeners of this podcast know I've done this in the past is Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker created the Winter Soldier. He mm-hmm. was hired by Marvel to create the Winter Soldier or to, to bring Bucky Barnes back from the dead and create the winter soldier. Marvel has since made over a billion dollars on that character, and he hasn't seen a piece. And so what I see, and this applies to Invincible, this applies to Jupiter's Legacy, uh, the Umbrella Academy, which we're going to review next week, you know, all these type shows is the boys can take the Justice League somewhere that DC can't.
0: Yes. Yes. Do you you subscribe to that? It's your IP. I think Marvel actually does a better job of poking fun at itself. Because what is Deadpool if not, especially the movie version of Deadpool, if not an indictment of Marvel comics characters and, and a, a just skewed them making fun of themselves. I don't think DC has enough of a sense of humor to do that.
1: Right. And, it, it, and, and but, but I also I mean, think it's because they have a loyalty and a kid division. Like they, that they,
0: they do make adult stories, but Homelander's not Superman. Like, I think you can tell that. No, but he's the Superman clear. of this universe. Oh, I I know, but but that's the thing. I mean, I I don't think a kid is going to get confused and say, "Well, and and first of all, let, let let's with DC, they've tried to go dark and gritty so many times and you know, Batman goes extremely dark and gritty. So it's not like they're they're not that they're completely opposed to that. So like i just I just think it's a lack of a sense of humor because what what the boys is is really good satire, and really good satire is biting and caustic, but you know what what the, the message they're trying to get across, but you're laughing the whole time, but
1: do you think there's like in in, in my heart, I want to think that there's a draft of this? Concept maybe before it had a name that Homelander is Superman and A-Train is the Flash and Queen Maeve is Wonder Woman. And it, there, there's a parallel for each of the heroes. There isn't in the DC universe a Huey, a butcher. Right. Like who's you star, don't have... who's
0: Starlight in the DC universe? Who's that? Who's that? Who's Starlight? Who's Annie? Annie. Zatanna? Maybe. I I feel like she's I feel like she's more of an audience surrogate among the soups, Right. if that makes sense.
1: Well, but but if you think about it, she's the Ms. Marvel. That's who she is.
0: That's true. That that the, the Miss Marvel. That, yes,
1: that's why it's a hybrid. That, that, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, yeah. like Garth Ennis wouldn't give this concept. Yeah. to, to DC because he wants to own this.
0: Well, and <laughs> now Garth Ennis, let's remember, has taken on a much bigger institution than DC because if you have watched preacher that's right Garth Ennis takes on a religion a preacher, that is worshipped by more people right? than anybody else any other religion on earth he so, worked on
1: the pun the the Punisher he he's yeah.
0: done he's done a lot of stuff I, I mean
1: and, we, and we're and we're neglecting uh Derek Robertson I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say Derek Robertson is a great comic book creator in, in his own right and worked for years for Marvel and DC he worked on Spider-Man he worked on Deadpool, New Warriors, Justice League co- uh, Quarterly. He worked. Uh, he illustrated Justice League Europe with J.M. DeMatteis and Keith Giffen. That you know, he, he wrote. Um, he drew uh, Justice League of Midsummer's Nightmare from by, by Mark Wade. These are hardcore Justice League titles. So they're sitting in a room going, "There's no effing way DC would let us go here. We yep. can own this, and all they had to do was just change the names just a bit." Because if I ever tell somebody about this show, it's the Justice League gone wrong.
0: If you can get a sweet streaming franchise right. with a company where generational wealth to them is a rounding error, right. you are, you're doing something right. Right. And I, I remember when the show came Genius. out and, and I, I mean, I was hooked from the moment a train ran Yo, through Huey's girlfriend. Woman.
1: Yeah. the girl.
0: And I do. I mean, Credit to them. That's in like the first two minutes. Yeah, for upping the splatter quotient <laughs> and still somehow making the show better. Like, I never in my life thought that I would see on my television at home an interpenile implosion. Yep. But sure enough. See, what is that, season we two? We saw that.
1: Was that season two?
0: No, uh, that I mean, was the, not the season first two, episode, episode two? of season three. Uh, the, no, no, the... I know.
1: I, I said yeah. it wrong. Hold on. Hold yeah. On. Let me just redo that. Is that that's episode two of this season,
0: correct? I think it's episode one. It's their version of Ant-Man.
1: Yeah. uh, Being a sexual
0: party favor, essentially. (laughs) And there you go.
1: That was tremendous. Okay, so now let's bring in Eric Kripke to this conversation. Eric Kripke is the showrunner of the boys. He uh, helped create He He created Supernatural. Uh, He also created two shows that I actually loved. uh, Revolution. Uh, that's where all the power goes out. Mm-hmm.
0: And t- I, I, I watched the first season of that and nope. thought that was pretty good.
1: And Timeless, uh, which was the time travel one um, that was also on NBC. Uh, and now he's gotten full creative freedom to create whatever the fuck he wants. Like he he can do what and the only limitations that he has is what his imagination can do and what the actors will agree to. right because chase crawford had to sign off on fucking an octopus
0: the the disclaimer ahead of that episode and what what do they call the the superhero orgy what's the the name? hero gasm hero gasm yes the disclaimer (laughs) ahead of that episode is is the concept (laughs) is the greatest disclaimer in the history of television (laughs) trust us it was way more expensive than if we'd done the real thing (laughs) Yes, I
1: remember that. That's tremendous. That is just tremendous. Uh, One thing you said very early is you thought it dropped off in season two. My argument against that is I love the character of Stormfront. I love Aya Cash, and I love that she was a Nazi. And I really love that she was a Jewish person playing a Nazi. And this interview that Aya Cash did, not on this podcast, because I'd love to get her on this podcast. She's on that show, uh, You're the Worst which is another mm-hmm. great show. Um, Aya Cash said that as a Jewish person, she wished that her grandmother would get let her w- would get to see her play a Nazi because she, she considered it an honor as a Jewish person and as a Jewish person. I was impressed with that. I was taken by season two.
0: I just, it, it, I don't know it, as, as the big bad. And I do understand why they went with fascism. As the as the big bad and, and sort of undercover, well, it sets fascism. the groundwork for what yeah. they did this year. Yeah. as as the big bad, but I just uh, what I liked more about this this season is I felt like I learned so much more about the characters because I like season one was all about me learning about Huey and Annie, and that was that was are. good. It, it right. set it it for they they brought you into the universe they a little, a little bit of butcher right right for the people who you're supposed to care about. Yep. But now. I know what makes like the black noir subplot oh, with was the cartoons. Was tre- tremendous. The cartoon, okay, and it was so tremendous. like, did you go to Chuck E. Cheese as a kid? It was Showbiz. I live. Yep. I grew up in the South, so it was Showbiz Pizza for us. But that was the same company, right? Chuck E. Cheese. Yep. Telling it through those characters yep. in cartoon form, I felt like that was even more of an emotional gut punch because oh, you genius. feel. You you feel so much more for this person who this is who not didn't how talk. life was supposed. to Yeah, yeah, he yeah. didn't talk, but he did talk, right? And then Stan Edgar. Now I I feel bad for played Jean-Carlo by the Esposito.
1: great uh, Giancarlo Esposito, who I, I, has been I, on this podcast.
0: I I feel bad for him because he's so good as Gus Fring in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. It is very difficult to see him as anyone else. I know, and and he's also in The Mandalorian. Yes. Now in the Mandalorian because he he's you know he is in uniform and you know working for the dark side and you you understand kind of the stakes of that it's a little bit different but seeing him in in civilian clothing now granted he's not serving any chicken or selling any meth here and but, he doesn't have
1: an accent which is right. wild
0: but it is it the, his cadence the calmness of his voice you still feel those Gus Fring vibes, but that actually works. It adds menace to the Stan Edgar character. And
1: and uh, just for the record, um, you can, you can check the iTunes feed Uh, Giancarlo Esposito and RJ Mitty uh, were live at a comic-con. It's episode 42 Walter jr. Yes. We had Walter jr. And the two of them, we did this panel and we, you know, we recorded it. We made it an episode of the podcast and, it was in Atlantic City, and it was before Esposito signed to do Better Call Saul. Wow. So what the title of the episode is, Breaking Bad Re- Revisited. And so it's very interesting to see all these different roles that he has on, because if I had the, the half hour with him again, <laughs> I would say, wait a minute, we could have done Mandalorian. We could have done the boys. We could have done oh, all yeah. these different things. And then he, of course, becomes Gus Fring again
0: yeah i i just i I felt like they they did a great job because i'm now i'm thinking about how many different characters i feel like i learned how -hmm. they ticked this season so it was black noir it was frenchy it was uh it was the deep Mm -hmm. it was we learned more about kamiko although i think they 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 covered kamiko pretty well um a-Train, we learned a lot about A-Train. It, right? We learned yep. about his upbringing. And, uh, you know, now they bring bring him back and uh, in, into full power mode. I just, I think they did a really good job making us care. And that's my thing with any story is make me care about these people. Mm-hmm. And, and the other part that, that is good, especially in this age of the anti-hero on television, make me care about people I might not like.
1: It's, it's very well said. There's, there's a level of, Oh, MM,
0: MM gets a good showcase too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He, yeah. With his family, that's a little bit of season two as well. Um, You get to see a a little bit of the backdrop for him, just the way this show can make anything political and anything timely in the, in the, in the culture that we're in as, as a country, uh, the character of blue Hawk. I mean, the character of Blue Hawk is literally ripped from the headline.
0: Yeah, and the twist after A-Train drags him to death, yeah. making A-Train's heart explode in the process, yeah. and he wakes up, and he's got Blue Hawk's heart, and oh, by the way, everything's magically fixed. Yeah. like
1: well. <laughs> It is a little superhero. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, but that's the best kind, because yep. I, like, I think about, it, I, I got Superman on my shelf behind me, and I've got another you know great superhero and ron swanson also behind me but uh <laughs> superman was always my favorite as a kid as i got older and i think probably as i became as i as i became a writer i started to kind of resent superman as as you know do sex do sex machina like it, it's just too easy and i feel like with superhero stories so often that's what happens oh we're gonna spin the world backward and go back in time like Twists like that where A-Train is fixed, but he had to have the heart of the guy who that he hates profiled his, his yeah. family and, and his brother, like, that That's is a twist. It's genius.
1: Um, You know, you mentioned Superman, something we've said on this show, I mean, probably hundreds of times now as we come up on 300 episodes. Uh, there was an article in Wizard Magazine back in the 90s when it was about the Superman animated series with Tim Daly and Dean: I, I,
0: I watched pretty much every episode of that and Batman, the animated series.
1: And um, Bruce Tim uh, says in the interview that we had to power Superman down because Superman is too hard to write. It's very hard to write super, uh, Superman stories. My response then, and I've said it on the podcast dozens, if not a hundred times, is that my response was good because it's like I, I make the baseball analogy is I don't want to hear about a guy striking out 20 guys now because everybody strikes out. I want to hear about Nolan Ryan striking out 20 guys because that's when guys with two strikes did everything in their power to not strike out. Right. Okay. If, if, if you told me that writing Superman is hard then the guy who wrote whatever happened to the man of tomorrow is a superhero because if it's hard, then the great Superman story, that's why Superman's my favorite character is because when Superman is great, it's fantastic.
0: But see, I've always liked it when Superman has to go up against people or beings that are more powerful. Like that's dark side is one of my favorite villains because he's more powerful than Superman.
1: Yeah, the scene in Superman the animated series when uh, Darkseid kills Dan Turpin. Yes. I I don't care what
0: medium that is.
1: I don't care if it's cartoon, live action, that's that's great content. Uh there's great. Now, but let's transition though because I don't think we have praised Anthony Starr enough.
0: Okay, great. I'm glad you said that because for... my wife and I discussed this while we were watching the show. Anthony Starr is incredible. At moving his eyebrow four (laughs) millimeters and going from America's hero to the most evil person on the planet. It is. And you don't know which is coming. Yeah.
1: You you never know. Anytime he's on screen, you don't know what he's going to do. And you are scared out of your mind because there are no limits to the bad he will do. And when he does something good, you're surprised.
0: I, I'm assuming if everyone's listening to this, they've watched all of season oh, this three. This is all so spoiler. I, all I realize I'm spoiler. You know, and we spoiler. waited
1: and we waited purposely to review this kind of a show because yeah. I wanted to give enough people time to watch.
0: But it. The, the the last scene, the last scene of season three, when he blows the guy up, mm-hmm. and there's that pregnant pause, and he's looking, and the crowd's looking at him, and the look on his face when they start cheering was just brilliant. Yeah, like. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, now the rules of engagement have changed.
1: <laughs> hey, Anthony Starr. Now I've heard people on social media say, uh, "This should be. This is an Emmy award. This is a th- th- like. There needs to be some kind of accolade for it, it's a hard. The it's a hard role
0: because there were, there were moments. There are moments, especially when you learn about." how he was created. And I guess that was a good part of season two was learning more about the the creation of Homelander and, and how that all worked, but he does occasionally come off as sympathetic, which is really hard when you have a character of this evil.
1: What about the introduction? And if we're going to make these analogies, the captain America character, uh (laughs) soldier boy,
0: soldier boy uh, played
1: by Jensen Eccles from supernatural. Uh, also from Smallville, by the way, uh, Jensen Eccles, um, but work with Eric Kripke. So you can see the connection immediately there. First of all, I thought he was great as Soldier yes. Boy. And you like you introduce this character and it, it screams Captain America. I mean, he has a sure. shield. Yes. I mean, he is Captain America. And to take Captain America and say that if you held someone in stasis for that long, he would be really fucked up is mm-hmm. pretty remarkable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, watch out all the ladies over 70. Right. Because soldier boy is, uh, is on the prowl, uh, He's
1: coming after them.
0: It, yeah, I, I thought, and and this is like what we talked about with, with, Superman and and giving him a foil with similar abilities, giving Homelander a foil that he might be afraid of because one thing you see, with with Homelander's take over a you see he's not afraid of anybody there he's been he's been playing the role and playing nice and then he realize, wait a second why do I have to listen to these people I can run this place but then he finds out that Soldier Boy is back and suddenly. He's a he's actually afraid, and I think that adds a, a a nice layer of drama to what could have been just this guy terrorizing everyone.
1: The idea that you know he's connected, and it, you know he's 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 connected by family, and there's all these different elements, and then he's going after these heroes who betrayed him, and you know the flashbacks were interesting because you see Black Noir as a young man who talks. Um, and like, there's, you're begging to have, if they, if that animated series, which is not episodic, it's, it's, it's an anthology. So every episode of the, of of the, the boys diabolical is a different piece of the timeline. You you know what I'm saying? Like it's all in continuity, but it's a, it's, it's a, it's a different piece of the, you can do an animated. How does black noir go from that young man who talks to the hero that wears the mask and never talks? And talks to and you know and and the right. and the, the and cartoon. communicates
0: through right. cartoon Chuck E. Cheese characters, right?
1: Right. <laughs> like that would be an an amazing, amazing thing. But what about the idea that they waited till season three to bring in um, this Soldier Boy? And do you believe that you know because he's Homelander's biological father that that sets up season four?
0: I think it does. I I, I do wonder. Is there another superhero to, like, is there is there a Tony Stark? Because you know, a lot of this satire is of corporate America, is of big media, is of propaganda, is of, of you know government relation with, with big business. So where's Stark Industries in all this? Like, where, where's what's their version of it? Well, but is Vaught, that Vought?
1: Is Vought isn't
0: Stark Industries, I don't think. Like Mm. Vought's a very like Vought's basically an arm of the government, um, which I guess, I guess Stark industries is too, but there's no, there's no Tony Stark. There's no iconoclast type guy. Mm. And so that's what, and, and, and I also brings in, because you have, you had it this year with the, the temporary V where you had people who didn't have superpowers becoming soups, at least temporarily. Iron Man is not a, superhuman right he is a person who came up with this suit that makes him as powerful as a superhero that seems to be kind of the the one the one area of sacred comic book ground ground they have not tread yet hmm. so who would be their tony stark who would be their man. you know who would be their iron man that because because i you know and in a lot of the because a lot of the push pull is is butcher and mm as non-soups trying to figure out how to control the soups and you you've still got uh, is it it's victoria newman right that's the the head popper yep. who's been placed in the halls of power as the person who's supposed to look look you know look right. after played the played by you
1: know. Ca- claudia domit uh yeah. She, nadia
0: yeah be be the watchdog of the soups essentially um right. I like could see she's going to run
1: for vice president,
0: right? right? I could see there being some if you have a character like that, that would be a nice foil for that character.
1: Did you think that Stormfront was going to be a part of season 3? Like
0: yes, they had initially. kept her
1: alive just for right. just a lo- just long enough.
0: Yeah. I was, but but they I did need to drive Homelander off the edge to make him take over Vought. So n- narratively that works.
1: The one I think is is missing, even though she makes an appearance in season two, you know, as a with, with the shapeshifter. But uh, Elizabeth Shue, yes, Madeline Stillwell. I think that's a massive loss. Um, and well, that when
0: you when you kill her in the first season, that's that's yeah. what happens.
1: Killing her in the first season, I, I I thought hurts because I don't think the replacements, like the, the Ashley, that's, that's mm-hmm. her name,
0: Ashley. Ashley's pretty funny though.
1: Yeah, she she's a great actress, but but she's not the same character. Ashley right. Barrett is not Madeline. Yeah, she's well.
0: she's powerless. Right. And Elizabeth Shue's character did uh, have some power in a very weird way over Homelander. But also, yeah, we'll just make can we make a rule here for filmmakers for showrunners? If you have Elizabeth Shue, don't kill her off.
1: Don't kill her off. Cobra you Kai have hasn't
0: her. killed her off. Right, right.
1: Right. They're sure. Facebook friends. They'll
0: find a way to get her back. <laughs> get her
1: get her back in the show. Um, what about the idea that uh, Butcher, who is so against soups um and hates everybody, uh, takes the stuff what 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 did you make of that? Did that compromise his character? That was something no, I read a lot I, about when he first do, does it
0: i I think this show is all about challenging any idea of moral absolutism. everybody probably should have empathy for everybody else that uh, the world will be at a better place if we did. And I think butcher learned what it's like to be a soup for good and for bad during that, that time. And I think he maybe came away from that and we'll see how they write him in in season four. But my guess is he comes away feeling somewhat differently about the soups having walked in there their boots for a little while.
1: What about the idea of um, Starlight uh, ditching the Starlight costume? And now she's going to be one of
0: the boys. I like it. I, I, you know, and and they've already got one soup in Kamiko, So why not add another one? And well, and that
1: way they don't have to keep taking the, the, the temporary V to, exactly to give them exactly. a shot. That was, like, yeah. I, I figured
0: that was a season three creation that they would, kind of do away with although i i do love like the huey getting that that brilliant. that kind of get the it's nightcrawler essentially huey becomes nightcrawler yep. um but then he has to be naked
1: <laughs> he loses his clothes <laughs> i like that he loses uh and then if, if he holds somebody and takes them with him when he when he when he blips there they're um, also they naked. they lose their clothes too that was genius no just the idea of of the 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 sexual innuendo in this show without being gratuitous you know what i'm saying I like mean, it, it's pretty gratuitous <laughs> no but it's, it's it, but it's it's gratuitous but it's not it's not porn it's it's no. it's part of it it's played it, it,
0: for it, it's played for laughs and for for pure satire so yeah I, I i do love it i mean the the deeps wife she's a great cuz she's essentially you know his cult minder, and right. <laughs> just getting completely grossed out when she gets to know the other real him uh, was was perfect. It was tremendous.
1: It was tremendous. Uh, the finale for uh, Queen Maeve, she loses her powers, she saves the world, yep. uh, but but she loses her powers, so she gets to live with her partner in a way. Do you think Queen Maeve still exists in season four?
0: I think she still exists, but I, I don't know that she's a major character, and I kind of hope they don't give like her let her just have her
1: happy and ending and get out yeah, of. Yeah
0: I, 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 that's a great ending for that character now. I, I do think it, I wonder how like how, is it, how does an actor feel about that? Because it is kind of a perfect ending for that character. And I thought, you know, she was played really, really well. Do you want, obviously it's a, it's a successful show, so do you want to be written back in bigger or do you want to go out that way? Because it That's was strong. Perfect. She, like, she did go out like, like Giancarlo Esposito, the way he went out on Breaking Bad might be the greatest way anybody's <laughs> ever gone out in television history. <laughs> I hope he was happy with the way that Vince Gilligan wrote
1: that. Right, but then he got to come back for like three seasons.
0: That's true. Well, five seasons. I got it the season all finale five. to watch when we when we finish uh, or the series finale to watch when we finish recording this. Oh, it's so brilliant.
1: The other the other aspect, you know, you, we made the parallels from hero, you know, from from DC and Marvel. Kimiko's character, she's the Wolverine. Is that is that is that what she is?
0: Who's yeah. also in Suicide Squad as Katana? That's right. Yeah, no, I, I'm. If you haven't, if you, do, if you haven't, done she's also a voice episode, actor.
1: Don't mean to yeah. cut you off, but she's also a voice actor. She was Glimmer in the Shira Netflix series. Wow. The reason why I say that is because she doesn't say a word. In I, I was to say, I,
0: I she reminds me of the of the the character in Pitch Perfect that that, that does the beatboxing that just whispers. Yeah. But golly, she's yeah, she's definitely the Wolverine just the healing and the and just ripping people to shreds. Yeah. So and and I'm glad they got her powers back. I I know she was reluctant but her I want with with powers, you know, Queen Maeve that they had set that up so well to have her walk away. And obviously she like that we didn't see it in the show but you you know her history with the Seven is implied to go back so far that she's just Fed up with this crap, like can't deal with this anymore.
1: So you see, you know, at least this season there were debatable topics, you know, butcher taking the, the temporary V, uh Starlight leaving the seven and leaving Starlight, you know, those those kinds of things that are debatable. I found in seasons one and two, I just was like, Bravo, do another one, please. Right. Like <laughs> I didn't have something uh to 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 discuss. You know, when you're a P1 for this stuff. Um, this show fits the genre literally perfectly. And what I say to anybody is just try it. Like it, it, it's, 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 I usually reserve this when I talk about the NHL and Prince. All I say to people is just watch one, go, you know, go to a hockey game and look me in the eye and tell me it's awful.
0: Oh, if you Take, see an NHL game in person, you're hooked. There's right, no you're hooked. Yeah. Right. And so, and wait, so, Prince is the other, th- there are people yeah, who, what I have said, like, no, if I don't people, like Prince.
1: Well, no, if people said, oh, I was never really into Prince. All I say, I used to say this when he was alive. <sighs> I would say, go see him once and then look me in the eye and tell me it's awful. You'll just never play it. on.
0: I could never take the place of your man and yeah. it's over. <laughs> Come on.
1: So what I would say to anybody is try the boys like see episode one. You will not put it down. Like you will, you will burn through all three seasons. Um, and we're not, we're not solicited to say that. this, yeah. it is that good. And the show is still better than the review. And you can't always say that in this genre, in this genre, sometimes the reviews, like the last Jedi review was better than the film. Not this. Th- this is, it is that
0: good. It is, and it's, it's layered. Especially season three is very layered. And it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it is biting commentary. Like, it's, see, I, I want that. I don't want to be beaten about the head and shoulders with a message. Mm-hmm. I would like to be entertained. If you have a message that you'd like to slip in amongst the entertainment, by all means, do it. I think this is this is that this is satire the way satire is supposed to work, and it's not supposed
1: to put down the other superhero, what I call them the creator owned shows. You know, Invincible no. is great, and The Umbrella Academy is great. The Umbrella Academy just since we are had yeah, the theme season
0: three was kind of yeah,
1: but The Umbrella Academy is the X Men, like yes. that's that's the X Men. They have powers because of some reason, and it. What the Umbrella Academy is is I want to do an X Men show, but I can never do that with Cyclops and Storm. So, but my Charles um... Xavier is going to be completely messed up, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they, but they do that, and and they 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 can do that. Jupiter's Legacy is a knockoff of the Justice League. That, that's all it is. It's a, it's an older Justice League. They have this this idea, and what I say to the creators: this was your way to beat the system. Bravo! Like because the the mm-hmm. fan. Gets the benefit used to be that you had to be a deep cut comic book fan. And that was the way you could know these things. Now there is these kinds of shows out there. I want to see paper girls that's based on a comic book. Like I'm, I'm looking at all of these shows and I'm saying to myself, this is a truly golden era of superhero fandom because DC and Marvel are not the only
0: players in the town. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. But I think it also
1: requires Marvel and DC to be better.
0: It does. And I, you know, it's funny because I want to go back. I did mention, I thought DC had no sense of humor and I realized that's a mistake because I loved Peacemaker. Oh, loved Peacemaker. Yeah. Loved it. I love that. It brought hair metal back. But Peacemaker was never planned.
1: Peacemaker was, you know, COVID happened and James Gunn wrote a show. And, right. and 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 they just they, they said what I'd love is it it to me it's it's Marvel creates Deadpool because a lot of their comic creators are out doing things like The Boys yeah like you have this idea and you know so it did
0: make them better and you the would.
1: Warner Brothers animation has gotten more adult I mean the newest Green Lantern animated film I, that that's pretty dark you know and just this idea that you know all of the comic creators who are now translating this to new medium. You know, that, that, that's the other idea. You and I are big comic book people, but we haven't picked up a comic book in years.
0: No, we're, we're seeing it through the movie screen and the streaming services. That's how you're going to get us. Now we're, I got, I got two kids in middle school. I don't have time to buy comic books or read comic books.
1: Right. And comic books to me are just placeholders so that these companies hold on to the rights of these characters (laughs) That's right, how
0: you keep your IP. It's why Sony keeps making Spider-Man movies.
1: But well, why are why are the great comic books like? Well, if you ask a comic book person, what was the greatest comic book you ever read? It's from twenty years ago, right? Nobody
0: says, "Hey, you know that comic book that was written three years ago?" No, no I've never well, heard yeah. that. We got to bring this character back to life seventeen times. People are going to keep me putting, putting out titles. It.
1: I know some people who listen to this podcast are going to get mad at me for saying that, but you know what? It's true. The reality is true. You're a good comic book fan if you watch The Flash and Superman and Peacemaker and The Boys and Umbrella Academy and you watch all this stuff because you know what? It's all in the same genre. Hey, Andy, how how can people find you on social media?
0: So I'm at Andy underscore Staples on Twitter and Instagram and you go to The Athletic and and read my sports stuff. Uh, You can listen to The Andy Staples Show podcast which is about college football unfortunately not about this stuff all of my coworkers, uh the show they watch the most is the bachelorette i don't watch that i don't know anything about it so thank you so much for giving me an outlet to be nerdy and and feel feel like i belong
1: (laughs) you have an open invite you gotta come back to this podcast you can uh, get your release college football season though is starting so if you can still squeeze this in, that would be absolutely tremendous.
0: Well, you, you let me know. You, you let me know the topic. I have probably watched what you're talking about. So <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's I'm that's all for it. That's the trick.
1: That's Andy Staples. Thanks for listening. The boys can be found on Amazon Prime. But again, we're not paid to say that. Uh, all we can say is we'll review this stuff as honestly as we always have on this podcast. Next week, we're doing the Umbrella Academy. Suara is going to rejoin us as we'll review The newest Netflix season, uh, the Umbrella Academy, right here on the Hall of Justice. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next
0: week.